This is not the San Francisco 49er team that the Packers have seen in playoffs past. The defense, not quite as good. The offense, much better. So how does that cash out in terms of how they match up with this version of the Green Bay Packers? Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker from Locked On 49ers join me for a crossover Thursday. Let's do it. You are Locked On Packers. Daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. A division Round showdown. The Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. It is a crossover Thursday. We dig into all the storylines, the big matchups, the good stuff, the juicy stuff. Let's go. Welcome to another Locked On 49ers and Locked On Packers crossover episode. Uh, appreciate everybody jumping in on this one. All of the everydayers for Locked On Packers, all of the everydayers for Locked On 49ers here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you guys are all subscribed up on our YouTube channels and everywhere you find your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Packers is brought to you as all crossover Thursday episodes are by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. 49ers Packers. It's going to be fun. And uh, for you locked on 49ers listeners, the man you love to hate, Peter Bukowski here from Locked On Packers, along with Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers at BD Peacock at Crocky 209 at Peter. Underscore Bukowski? Yep, nailed it. Nailed it. Yes. Not even on the screen. And I know my guy Peter's at because he's my guy. Uh, and I can't wait to get into this one. Biggest storylines. We got to start there, Peter. Packers 49ers. What is the biggest storyline for the Packers coming into this divisional round matchup? I mean, it's got to be how hot their offense is. I mean, they, they, they hang 41 on the Dallas Cowboys, nearly matching what the 49ers did early in the season, right? And, and this this last stretch. You look at from week nine on, I said this on my show this week, pick a metric. Jordan Love is top three in all of them. Um, whether you like the grades, whether you like the advanced metrics, you like traditional stats, doesn't matter. He is at the top creating touchdowns, avoiding interceptions, the way that he's playing right now, the way that Aaron Jones is running the ball. This is the best four game stretch in his career, 476 yards running the ball over the last month the last four games and and absolutely beat down the Cowboys in, in all facets offensively. So this offense coming in, um, can they change the narrative against the 49ers? I mean, we heard Nick Bosa uh, mention it uh, two days ago. He said, you know, it's, it's different than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was a hall of famer and, and an MVP 
but he liked to freelance. He liked to play a different kind of way. Jordan Love plays the way that the system is meant to be played. And it was a compliment. He was saying this system works. And, and I get like Shanahan pilled the 49ers are probably like, yeah, the system does work. Like we've seen it like Jimmy G to Brock Purdy. Um, and it was one of those beautiful, like it was Aaron Rodgers shade a little bit, but it was also complimenting Jordan Love. And I was like, Hey, wait a second. This guy's on my corner. Yeah, that, that's what I do. I compliment Jordan Love and shade Aaron Rodgers. Like, come on, yeah. come on, Nick, stay off my corner. Uh, but that, that to me is, is like, how much can Jordan Love change the narrative here? This is an awesome opportunity playing with house money. So it, it's, it's going to be fun. Well, you did, you know, kind of preference how well they're playing right now. And there were a couple losses in December, uh, one to New York Giants, one to Tampa yep. Bay, probably some that you guys would categorize as not great losses, right? Kind of bad losses there. Yeah. Uh, what has been the difference between those two games and then what they've looked like going on the three game winning streak? A lot of it is the defense. Uh, the the defense played one of the worst games I've ever seen the Packers defense play. And remember in 2011, they were a historically bad defense. So like I've seen plenty of bad defense from the Green Bay Packers, but that that Buccaneers game, as bad as I've ever seen them play. Um, and then the Tommy DeVito game, I mean, Jordan Love goes down at the end, they get the lead. And with less than two minutes, you let Tommy Cutlets march down the field on you it, with ease, march down the field on you and kick the game winning field goal. Like just, that was that was a pretty embarrassing moment. It wasn't Jordan Love's best game. Um, but you have to remember that also came after the Lions game and the Chiefs game where they really took it to two of the best teams, two of the eight remaining teams in the NFL playoffs. And so I think for a young team, you're trying to balance the like, hey, they can beat anybody with, hey, they can lose to anybody or they can play one of these bad games. Um, and, and I think that was just, it, it caught up to them a little bit there. And also Joe Barry, like we just know that Joe Barry is not going to be a consistent, um, for the, for the Packers defense coordinator. Now, since then, I have to say they've been doing some more interesting things, some more five man pressures, bringing Quay Walker a bunch. They're playing more man coverage. Um, they're letting, uh, Darnell Savage play a little bit more robber. They're going to play man behind. It's, it's that robber stuff that, that had Jimmy G in fits at times. We'll see how much they want to deploy that against, uh, you know, Brock Purdy and, and what this 49ers offense can do. But the other side of this, like the 49ers haven't played really. And it'll have been what three weeks since they played a real game. How do you, how do you think that that will manifest itself in this game? Yeah. 20 days or so. I think the 49ers will have off. And by the way, Nick Bosa, he's a ball knower. I trust his evaluations about opposing quarterbacks maybe as much as anybody. He talked yeah. about Jalen Hurts, how they have a good plan, and they were going to put the blueprint out there on how to beat him. And the Eagles went one and six after that. So, and it's funny because I saw a lot of people talking about the Nick Bosa comments, and they're like, "Oh, they he he gave he gave Jordan Love the game manager. He gave he gave." Did you did manager. you read that as shade? Because I didn't. I read oh, it as like he. It, I felt like a compliment to me. If I felt the same way, so I went to listen to it thinking it was he was dropping shade on him, and I don't think he was at all. He said he's a good quarterback who you know accomplishes his goals as a quarterback as his coach wants him to. And and when it comes to the coaching, uh, I, look, I don't cover the Packers every day like you do, Peter, but if I'm not mistaken, Packers fans wanted to move on from the defensive coordinator long ago, and yeah, a year LeFleur, ago, LaFleur said. He was going to maybe have his hands in the defense. Is that yeah. part of why the defense is playing better? Because the LeFleur is now in charge of both units? It's hard to know for sure, right? Um, my my concern at the time, and I said this on, on our show, was like, it's really hard for me to say, hey, Matt LaFleur, take some time away from trying to coordinate the youngest offense in football 
that you're doing a pretty good job at to fix something that you're paying a guy to do. Please like have a defensive coordinator that you trust to just go do the thing. But that hasn't happened. This offense, if anything, has taken off since they've had to do that. You know, 30 plus against Carolina, 30 plus against the, the Vikings. They didn't score as many against the, the Bears, but they had 432 yards of offense in that game. 17 was probably the fewest points they were going to score in a game. They really only had like five and a half true possessions in that game. And then, of course, 41 against the Cowboys. It's been a, a marked difference. And we saw last week, and I thought this was a really interesting tweak. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they want to approach this 49ers team. But they didn't match with Jair Alexander on CeeDee Lamb. And part of that is because they didn't know if they were going to have Jair Alexander. But for most of the first half, when the game was still in doubt, right? It was 27 nothing at one point in the second quarter. They had, regardless of the call, whoever was to CeeDee Lamb's side pressed up. They didn't always press, but he was within two or three yards at the line of scrimmage almost every single time he lined up on the outside. It's a little bit harder. Croc knows like harder in the slot to try and to get those sort of the, the, the press at the, from the slot is like nearly impossible. So um, that, that was an interesting wrinkle against the Vikings, against the bears. They're, they're showing these five man pressure looks and playing man coverage behind it. Like that wasn't part of their, their DNA for most of the season. So they've shown some wrinkles. I don't know how much of it is Matt LaFleur and how much of it is Joe Barry. Um, but it's hard not to notice, as you mentioned, the, the difference since Matt LaFleur said that. I definitely want to ask you, maybe we can do it on the other side after the, the you know, we do the segments and all that. But uh, we talk about storylines. I think a big storyline with what the Packers have going on right now is the ascension of the young pass catchers. I mean, mm. the, the youngest group of pass catchers in the league, Musgrave, Kraft, uh, Reed, uh, Dobbs, Watson, obviously, uh, Dontario Wicks, who uh, Peacock and I were both fans of him coming out. And I mean, just how well they've played as of late. So I can't wait to kind of dive into yeah, yeah. those players and how they've gotten better throughout the year. Absolutely. That young Packers offense. We'll get into that next. And uh, I just, I thought Croc was about to go off on jam versus press there for a second. Uh, but we're going to get into uh, some of the defensive side of the ball. I would have went too long. I would have got a little too long winded yeah. with that one. That's well, that's the thing. They're, they're not jamming, but they were, they're pressed up. So yeah, right. there you go. That, press alignment. Good. Yep, press alignment. Jam is getting your hands on. We got we, we got to we got to have the right terminology here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, next key matchups: Brock Purdy, Jordan Love. How about the matchup between Shanahan and Lafleur, old buddies, and some predictions? Next, the next segment of this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp, and sometimes. We all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small, certain things that really start to get to you. And it can start small and end up big. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. So uh, today I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week. And for me, it's it's my friends over there in uh, in the Green Bay area that might need someone to talk to after this weekend's football games but seriously uh whether it is football that some of us maybe take a little bit too seriously and we need to get that out and get it off your chest i know we have therapy pods here for that very reason talk to a professional about whatever it is in your life whether it is your favorite uh, football team or more important things like family life or your job therapy can be so different for everyone and most of us have bigger problems than our favorite sports teams and it's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while so 
If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your specific schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Okay. Um, that young offense, Peter, how has that yeah. come together? And I know it's been a little bit up and down, but I mean, with all of the first rounders on the defensive side of the ball, and that's been the problem. And then you got mid round wide receivers and a, a young quarterback in his first year, getting a chance to be the guy in a starting quarterback following a hall of famer. And the offenses look better than, uh, than it has in, in some of those, uh, recent seasons with that hall of famer. And as Nick Bosa pointed out, you know, maybe a little bit different. So how did that all come about? It is, it has been a process. And that is, that is just like, if you guys had watched, I'm sure a lot of your audience watched the Monday night game against the Raiders or Jordan love three interceptions. And it was just sort of like, what is this guys not running the right routes? Um, there've been multiple times when Jordan love has gone to throw an RPO screen and there's no one running the screen on the RPO screen. Like it happened two weeks ago, like in, in a must win game, it happened. And so you're still every once in a while you get those like, oh, okay, that's a, that's an obvious missed assignment by someone, but it's kind of a, a remarkable job by Brian Gutekinds to bring in these guys. You mentioned it's not first, like they don't take receivers in the first round. It's just not a thing Green Bay does. And still they found Jaden Reed who set a Packers rookie receiving record, um, led the team in receiving on a top 10 offense on a playoff team. Like that is, that is pretty Like, do you know, who, do you know who had the Packers receiving record for a rookie Sterling Sharp? In 1988, that was the last time that they had a rookie do do this. And it's Sterling freaking sharp, who if he doesn't get hurt, we're talking about as one of the greatest to ever do it at that position. So Luke Musgrave, he was going to break that record. If he had stayed healthy, he lacerates his spleen, unfortunately, um, late in the season. But he's back now. They saw him run run leak against Dallas, a, a play that both of these teams know well. The, the, the 49ers run it as well as any team in the league when they want to. Kyle Shanahan kills teams on that play. Whenever he calls it, it's like, He's got a, a magic touch with that one. Um, it it it's hard to to really say enough about what this this young team has done developmentally. I was actually talking to our buddy Eric Eager over at Sumer Sports, formerly a Pro Football Focus. I was like, can you find me an example of someone who, from the first half to the second half, has been this different in terms of Jordan Love, the quarterback? And he was like, yeah, I don't. It, it doesn't seem like there is a comp for someone who has been essentially playing like the best quarterback in the league over the last eight weeks versus what we saw in the first eight weeks. That has been to me, the biggest difference. Yeah. Guys are getting, getting aligned better and they're, they can finally run stick. Thank God. Cause that was like, they, they rent, they messed up stick like 16 times this season. I swear. And it's like the most basic route combination you can run. Um, and it's just Jordan Love is playing better and there's a confidence in this team. And there was a great line guys, Matt LaFleur after the Vikings game, they're two and five. They lose that one. And Matt LaFleur is asked about this young team. And he goes, what do you mean? It's been eight weeks. There's no, I, like, we're, that's an excuse. We expect these guys to go out and perform. And it seemed like he kind of just said, screw it. Let's just go play. Forget being conservative. Forget worrying about mitigating the mistakes. Let's just go play. And these, these young receivers have responded. They did not have a hundred yard receiver until week 17. They've now had three straight. And it's all been three different guys, Bo Melton, Romeo Dobbs, and Jaden Reed. Um, Bo Melton, who they picked up off the Seahawks practice squad. And he's just been like a revelation for them. It's it's remarkable what they've been able to do. And from a matchup standpoint, 
going back to our point about Nick Bosa, the, the 2021 game plan was cloud Devontae Adams and make Rodgers find someone else, get through your progression, get to two to three. Now they, they couldn't a lot because Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead were just like collapsing Dennis Kelly and Billy Turner into Aaron Rodgers' lap. But this is a, an egalitarian form of offense. And it's really fun to watch right now. I, I'm interested to see how the, the 49ers decide to defend this team because there is no, hey, let's take away Devontae Adams and see what happens. Like, good luck. There's It's everybody. They, they can all beat you. One of the biggest storylines for the 49ers in this one is the health and the rest that they've yeah. had. And guys like Eric Armstead are going to be out there now, and they're going to be almost 100% healthy. Cleveland Farrell, I think, is the only guy that might not be available to play for the 49ers in this one. Uh, but the other part of that is is Brock Purdy. And Kyle Shanahan said this week that it wasn't a bye week for Brock Purdy. And if he played last week, it was going to, or if he played in week 18 of the season, he was going to play the first half and sit after that anyway. So basically, it's two quarters less of game action that Purdy saw than what he would have seen. And they've been working him hard in practice and that it hasn't been a bye week for him because of how hard they've worked him in practice. And uh, one correction on what you said earlier, Peter, is that Jordan Love's been playing like the best quarterback in the league. The second half has been playing like the second best quarterback in the league because <laughs> 49ers, Brock Purdy, Purdy versus Love, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. And I think for both these teams, that's where the ceiling goes up and down is the quarterback play. And that's why the 49ers team right now, this is the best version of these teams that the Packers have seen in the playoffs recently. You think this is the best version of the 49ers that they've seen? Yes, and it's because of the ceiling that the quarterback provides because Purdy is playing that well, and they're still really good everywhere else. Croc, you agree? The best 49ers? Got a big smile on his face. Well, I, I was looking at Peter, and I don't think Peter agrees. I, 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 it does not. So the weird thing, I think this is this is like uh, my Wisconsin sports fan will understand this. It's a little bit like the Bucks this year where they're such a great offense, but the defense stinks, and we're so used to it kind of being the other way around. Like, I think this 49ers defense is still really good, but they just don't strike me as the same level that those other defense, like those other defenses from an offensive scare standpoint scared me more. But this offense is so much better that it kind of is like breaking my brain a little bit. I kind of don't know how to process it um, because this offense is just like some of the numbers that they put up are crazy. There was a, a point at which Brock Purdy was like going to break every efficiency record ever. And it was just sort of like, what is <laughs> what, what is this? I don't even know it's what to make of it. What Every do you attribute that to, Peter? Like, you know, just kind of as someone away from the 49ers, because we can give our thoughts, and obviously we watch the 49ers play in, play out, week in, week out, uh, and we have our thoughts on it. But uh, from the outside perspective, who is also responsible for watching a lot of what's going on around the league, when you see the 49ers, their offense, you see Brock Purdy, yeah. some things he's doing, what comes to your mind in the sense of, like, how exactly they're doing it? I don't know that there's precedent for it. I, like, I, I really don't. Like, he... It could be the case that he turns out to just be Kurt Warner. Like, and, and he's just really this good, Brock Purdy. Um, I think we know Kyle Shanahan is an incredible play caller, play designer, um, in a way that maybe like Mike Martz wasn't. Although the, the rest of the league tried to steal all the Mike Martz stuff for years after that. And it didn't work for anybody else because they didn't have Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce and Marshall Falk and Kurt Warner. And, and they I, had a chance to see it and prepare right. for and it. And I, I think that, that there's a little bit of that here where, okay, other teams are running this effectively, but they're not running it as effectively as this team because they don't have Christian McCaffrey, they don't have George Kittle, they don't have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Juwan Jennings and, you know, this, 
this chess piece of Trent Williams who they can like, I've never seen an offensive lineman who can affect the, the game script the way that he can, who can affect the game plan the way he can because of his ability to do things on the move and use him almost like a second tight end in a lot of ways that you can just like, hey, just block this outrageous thing over here that no one else can do because you're a freak of nature. Um, that's a that's a, a just a different kind of thing. It's sort of like everyone wanting to play like the Legion of Bloom, Boom, but you don't have Earl Thomas and KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner and Richard Sherman. And yeah. I, I think that that's a little bit of it. But we have seen other teams. We're seeing the Packers right now. They're a top five offense, and they're running a similar kind of scheme. But they don't have Christian McCaffrey. They don't have George Kittle. And so I I, I kind of don't know what to make of it. I think I think Brock Purdy is better than I have given him credit for certainly. But I, but I also think that the way to beat this team, oddly, is to to get Brock Purdy to make some mistakes. And they are, I believe, four and four and five in games where they have where they don't get at least two turnovers. And and that's the other part of this is the defense is getting turnovers, and um, that's setting them up on short fields and and allowing them to to be even more efficient offensively. That's a huge part of this. I'm wondering from your perspective, guys, like the turnovers you look at the Bengals game two interceptions the Vikings game two interceptions I think he had he had multiple turnovers in every loss this year he didn't play in the last game except the Browns game but he did he threw a pick and fumbled but they got it back like let's say it's raining we this this was a part of the conversation after Baltimore right he's got little hands maybe a little bit can he hold on to the ball like is is there some concern there like is that isn't that the biggest thing that you're worried about like you get the bad Brock I would say for, for me, it is bad Brock being able to overcome being bad, right? Yeah. And even with Jimmy Garoppolo, for everything that he was or wasn't, he could, you know, he start the fire and he's like, but don't worry, guys, I can actually put the fire out as well. And Brock <laughs> so far doesn't start a lot of fires, but when he does start the fire, we haven't seen him able to put the fire out. Now, he was close one game. He got them in range and your kicker missed. But outside of that, it seems like there is kind of a little pressing going on when he gets in a situation where it's a little tight, a little uncomfortable for me. And I know me personally, I've been like, that's the that's the thing I want to see him truly kind of overcome. And I feel like at times it may or may not be against the Packers. It may or may not be in another game this year. Maybe you just blow everybody out. But more times than not, it kind of comes down to really kind of like Kansas City in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. Uh, Mahomes throws multiple picks, even throws a pick in the fourth quarter. Looks like they're down and out. And the, and the quarterback says, you know what? Don't worry about it. I play bad. I'm going to fix it right now. I have not seen Brock this year fix when it starts to kind of snowball out of control. And that that's something that I would like to see as well. I, I Can he do it? Looks like he can. But it's not something that he's looked comfortable with being that guy this year. Brock? Brock's mentality, despite being not the biggest guy, not the big strongest arm guy, his mentality is more like Brett Favre. He's a playmaker and he's more of a gunslinger, which might surprise some folks. And he's not a check down Charlie. And I know think no. people think that about him, and that's not it at all. So um that's where he does run into some trouble, but it just doesn't happen often enough to where I'm worried about it. And um I think. Next, is there just nothing you're worried about then, though, Brian? Like that, I guess that's my question. It's like, if you're going to be worried about something, isn't that the thing, or, or maybe it, it's not? It's it's a thing that could happen, but it's not something that would keep me up at night. And I'm going to tell you why, guys, next because I think we got to make that's a tease before we go. <laughs> 
This episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Packers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make to take my small business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with, and it's no different than uh, an NFL football team. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn just isn't some other job board. We're talking about a vast network of more than a billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours at LinkedIn jobs. So all you got to do and post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply and if you're thinking about going to this packers 49ers game check out game time game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sporting events nfl games music comedy theater events near you killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat and game time's best price guarantee game time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets buying tickets shouldn't be a headache you should be excited for your event and that's where game time comes in you see the view from your seat. You know exactly what you're getting before you arrive at your event. And my favorite aspect of game time is the all-in prices because I hate the hidden fees. You think you get one price for a ticket, you check out, and guess what? It costs twice as much to go see the game that you're trying to get to. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know what you're getting, and you know you're getting that great deal before you check out. A couple of taps on the app. Those game time tickets will be right there in the app for you. You don't have to go fishing through emails when you get to your event. Last minute seats, even up to an hour after an event starts. It's the place for last minute tickets. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The reason I am not worried at all about Brock Purdy playing good, playing bad, throwing interceptions is because I don't think this game's going to come down to Brock Purdy because I don't think the Packers can stop the 49ers run game. Mm. And he might throw six passes in this game, and it's not going to be because Kyle Shanahan's trying to avoid letting his quarterback throw. It's going to be because Kyle Shanahan wants to run the ball, and if the Packers can't stop it, and if they if the four, if the Packers can't stop run left, Behind number 71 that you mentioned earlier, Peter, it's going to be a long day for those Green Bay Packers. No, come on. It's never in a playoff game. You can't just run the ball the whole time and throw six passes. It's never happened. That would never happen. I can't imagine. Possibly. Why why would you think that that could be a thing? (laughs) Well, because it it didn't happen. He actually threw eight passes. (laughs) (laughs) Um you know, my, my thing is, what you if you have he to... He only needed to throw, like, one, and it would right. have been time. Yeah. Yes. What if you you have to throw more, right? And and where I'm going with this is, you know, I, I watched a lot of the Dallas Cowboy-Green Bay game, and it it got away from the Cowboys in a very interesting way. Green Bay goes down, they march down, they score a touchdown. Boom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that sometimes happens. But then the interception that Dak threw on, like, that next drive, it wasn't like it was just this terrible decision or just bad terrible pass right like it was a receiver that got punked by for the spot by a terrific cornerback and Jair Alexander the next thing you know they're going in for another touchdown because they're set up in the short field so for for me with the 49ers 
you know, I don't foresee a situation where you just turn the ball over a ton and you're giving up all these crazy points. But the way that it happened to the Cowboys is something that I feel like is something that could potentially happen where you don't foresee that happening. Like, oh man, they drive down the score touchdown. Like, okay, we're gonna do our thing. We're gonna we're gonna be that offense, that efficient. Oh man, uh, Brandon Knight just got punked for the spot by a great cornerback, and now they said, oh, they score again, and that's where the trouble happens. So I do hope the 49ers don't get in that situation, and most teams don't want to be in that. But for whatever reason, with the 49ers this year, when they have turned the ball over like that, like they just lose. But when they don't turn the ball over, unlike a lot of other teams, right? There are teams where they don't turn the ball over and they can still lose the game. Like the 49ers will not lose if they don't turn the ball over. They, I, I believe that the stat is they're eight no this year when they don't turn the ball over. And so um, that that is one. Yeah, they're eight no when they don't turn it over. They're four and five when they do. And they're nine and one when they get two plus takeaways, three and five when they don't get two or more takeaways. Like that's kind of wild. That's from Zach Cruz over at Packers Wire that that's the part to me where I think I, I think you're both right. Like if the Packers can't stop Christian McCaffrey, it's going to be really tough. I think that this Packers offense though, and to my point earlier about this, this 49ers defense, when Richard Sherman was there in 2019 and the 49ers punked the Packers twice. And we won't talk about what I predicted in either one of those games with Brian. Um, and, uh, but Richard Sherman said, we knew if we took away the run game, they couldn't beat us. Like they were like, we didn't fear Aaron Rodgers in 2019. And that I think this game, this 49ers run defense has just not been the same this year. They're 15th by DVOA. And if you look at the EPA per play numbers, the Packers who have a bad run defense actually have a slightly better run defense than the 49ers. The 49ers are 26th in EPA per play. Now, part of that is they have to, teams have to pass a lot in the second half against them. So it's a lot of like positive game scripts where it's like, Teams are down 20 and they're running the ball against like Oren Burks playing linebacker for the 49ers. No shade at former Packer Oren Burks, but I'm just like, he was the first backup I could think of. Um, and so like, I think it's a little off kilter there, but that's where DVOA comes in and adjusts for some of those um, meaningful reps things. Like it is an okay run defense, whereas the passing defense is really good. Aaron Jones, this offense has been running well. And when I went back and watched some of the games, the, the Bengals game in particular, um, Joe Mixon ran the ball effectively in that game. Jerome Ford averaged five yards a carry uh, in, in that game. I understand injuries were a part of those losses, but that's to me is if the Packers, I've always said that the, the Packers best run defense is their offense. That was true. Aaron Rodgers, and they couldn't score in that 2019 game and they couldn't score in the 2021 game. The reason that the chiefs won is because they kept scoring and they kept the pressure on Kyle Shanahan to keep having to call passes. He, he forced Jimmy G at some point to have to make some third and eight throws. And they couldn't stop the running either. So I think if the Packers offense control the clock, it's a lot going to be a similar script to last week where it's like run the ball with Aaron Jones, control the clock, make a couple plays on third down, score early, and keep the 49ers in a, a little bit more pass-heavy script because more bad things can happen when they do that. Predictions, guys. Croc, it's a nine-point line now. Start at nine and a half. A little bit of money coming in on the Packers side. It's it's nine. The over under is 50 and a half. So the odds makers do think there's going to be some points scored. Uh, and which means it's going to be a, a lot more fun than whatever the the five degrees we saw when the, these teams played last time and, and missed kicks and blocked kicks and uh a, a little bit more of a a modern football game in this one. And uh if Purdy's throwing the ball, I, I I have utmost confidence that he, that he's going to be dealing out there, and the 49ers are going to Brock 30, as he has been called uh, earlier on this season. The 49ers can put up those 30 points. So how many points did the Packers score 
30-21, that's nine points. That would hit the that would hit the spread. Peter said that it was disrespectful the 49ers were nine and a half slash nine point favorites. I don't think it's disrespectful enough. Uh, I think the 49ers are going to take this game 31 to 20. You know what? It's funny. 31 to 20 was what I thought Croc would guess. I just was in my brain. I was like, he's going to say 31 <laughs> to 20. I just know that that's what he's going to say. Um, 20 just seems too low to me, the way that this offense is playing. Now, I could certainly see them, and we said this on the crossover last week, I can see a scenario where the 49ers win by double digits. No question. I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've mm -hmm. seen them do this. Um, but it's also true that the last time these two teams played in the playoffs, Joe Barry had a really good plan for Kyle Shanahan. Now, I know, different quarterback, no Christian McCaffrey, but Debo was on a heater in that game. He was incredible that season. And that offense was a big reason why they were able to make that run as well. So is it that, or is it the, the defense that in that regular season, the 49ers scored 30 or whatever it was and needed Aaron Rodgers to make magic at the end. I think this is going to be closer than the odds makers think. I think this is more like 30 to 24, 31, 27. Even. I think the Packers cover, I think the 49ers win and I'm going to take the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. I think it's going to be a really, really, really fun football game. There is the X factor of the rain right now. It looks like rain might hit Friday, Sunday, maybe late overnight, Saturday night, but we want the rain. Green, Green Bay wants the rain. They want it to be mucked up. They yes. want Brock Purdy to be slipping all over with the ball. That's what they want. Jordan love got those 10 and a quarter inch hands. He's going to be fine. Um, but you, you kind of hope Brock Purdy it was because it, it was raining against the Ravens, right? That was like part of the thing. Like, Oh, he's got one of the, one of the games they lost. I heard a lot. I saw a lot of 49ers fans on Twitter. Like, Oh, it was raining. It was the, the Browns game. Yeah, it was okay. the Cleveland Browns game, and Purdy did lead him down the for the game-winning drive that Jake Moody, rookie kicker, missed the kick. I remember. Um, and uh, by the way, nine and a quarter inch hands, same exact hand size as Patrick Mahomes. So those are that's the hand size number for for Brock. Purdy. All right, let's hear your prediction then, Peacock. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to go with 41. Croc's old number that he used to wear on his back, 41, 20. San Francisco 49ers mm. winning. Big. God, I um, hope not. Upset though that Peter did not pick the Packers because that would have really sealed it for the San Francisco 49ers. All right. Thanks to Brian and Croc. Awesome to talk to those guys. Um, clearly, they are very confident in what the 49ers are going to do to the Packers. But the more I've gone over this, the more I see some clear advantages for Green Bay, or at least places that I think the Packers can take advantage. Happens to be places that align with strengths of theirs, weaknesses of the 49ers, those kinds of things. I think in the aggregate, the 49ers have more places they can potentially exploit because the Packers' weaknesses overall are bigger. But this game is going to be closer than the odds makers thinks, with apologies to our friends. At FanDuel, go over there and make some money off of it. I know I'm going to do my best to try and do it as well. All right, back tomorrow. Uh, Steve Mariucci, former Packers coach, former 49ers coach, joins us on the show tomorrow. A interview... Winter Friday, I guess we're doing that. But playoff Fridays, even better. Um, I'm really really looking forward to that, really excited about that one. Um, I talked to, to Mooch a while back for a story on, on Mike McCarthy and play calling and all kinds of cool stuff and excited to talk to him again. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we will be Saturday night after the game, come subscribe to our YouTube page, our Locked on Packers YouTube page, so you can stay Locked on Packers.